on the Pasuk, you build a new house, you build a fence around your roof. The Sifri says, from the word bias, we learn out, it's coming to include also in the Heichel, in the Beis Migdosh, that there was a fence over there, not only for beauty, not only part of the design or the like, but rather it's part of the obligation of the mitzvah of Micah, of having a guardrail, a fence around your roof. Says the Rebbe, there's a known question. The halacha is that a base haknesses, a shul, and a base medrash are exempt from a mica. The Gemara learns this out from the process gagecha. Your roof is obligated to have a fence. Lemiuti, it comes to exclude a shul and a base medrash. So why would the heichel and the base hamigdash be obligated in a mica? The ragged shover answers that the reason for this is, is because the obligation to have the mica, the guardrail, it comes into effect, as it says in the Sifri, as soon as the house is built, even before you start living in the house. And therefore, since the halacha of the Beis HaMikdash was, that the way they built the Beis HaMikdash, they first built the Beis HaMikdash from non-consecrated, non-holy materials. And only then, once it was finished, did they make it holy, as the Gemara explains different reasons for this. So then what follows is that when it was built, right when it was built, there's no Kedusha yet, and therefore, it's Chayev, it's obligated in the Micah. But the Rebbe says it's very difficult to understand this answer for two reasons. Number one, the Rebbe is going to say, because the fact that the Beis HaKnes and the Beis HaMedrash are exempt from the Micah is nothing to do with the holiness. Rather, it's because it's not your roof. It's not your house. It doesn't have an owner. And therefore, by the same logic, the Heichel HaMikdash should also be exempt from the Micah, from the guardrail, because even though it's built, Bechoyl, in an unholy, in, with, not with holy materials, but it's still not Gagech, it's still not your personal house. Now the Rebbe attempts an answer and says, we can't say that this is what the Ragged Shover is trying to say. You might say that the Ragged Shover is saying this according to the Rambam. The Rambam says that the reason the Beis HaKnes and Beis HaMedrash are exempt from a mic is not be- only because it doesn't belong to anyone individually specifically, but rather because it's not made to live in. And therefore you might say, that's true for the shul and the base medrash, but by the heichel it's different, because since, as the Ragged Shavir explained, that when it's built, it's still choil, it's not holy yet. So at that point you could use it as a dira, as a place to live, and therefore it would be chayiv in the micah. Maybe that's what the Ragged Shavir is trying to say. So the Rebbe is not happy with that, because the Rebbe says that even though it's true that you build it, you build it, and it's in the meantime not consecrated yet, only then do you make it holy, but since you build it for the sake of the Beis HaMikdash, it makes sense to say that people wouldn't be using it, or perhaps maybe even not allowed to use it for your own personal use. So this is all problem number one with the Ragged Shavar's answer. That seemingly, the Ragged Shavar says, it's because when, it was, when the Beis HaMikdash was made, it wasn't in a, in, a, in a state of Kedusha yet, and therefore it needs the Micah, that it says seemingly the reason for Beis HaKnesses and Beis HaMikdash has nothing to do with its Kedusha. A second problem with Duragachover's approach is that we know that a house, let's say a house that was a regular house that was obligated to have a guardrail offense, you then turn it into a shul, you make it into a shul, or some other thing that might not need a guardrail, automatically the mitzvah of the micah will be bottled. So how can the Safri come along and say that a Eichel is needs the micah and the reason, the Heichel needs the Micah because the past success is given a bias and it includes the Heichel. And the Ragged Shavar is explaining that's because there was a point 
right when it was built that it didn't, it, it, that, why it's different to a shul, that the shul doesn't need a mic, is because there was a point right when it was built, when it wasn't holy yet, but if something is not holy and then it becomes holy, now it no longer needs a mic. So why is that? We're back to the question, why would the heichal need the mic? So the Rebbe explains it in the following way. The Rebbe says like this, Rashi tells us that the reason that a Beis HaKnesses and a Beis HaMedrish are not included in Gagecha, in your roof, why is it not considered your roof? Because it doesn't really belong to anyone in the city. It, 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 the Ashul belongs to everyone in the world, even people from overseas. Ra, what's Rashi telling us? What's Rashi trying to tell us? Rashi is actually explaining why a shul would be different to a house that's owned by two people by partners. Because the halacha is that a house of partners is obligated in a mica, is obligated in having this guardrail defense around the roof. As the Gemara itself says, that even though the word gagecha could sound like only if it's yours personally, not if it's of partners, nevertheless, since when we look in the Pasuk, and the Pasuk itself says the reason for having the Micah is so that no one should fall off. And as far as this concern of people falling off, it makes no difference whether it belongs to an individual or to partners. This is why a house of partners is obligated to have a guardrail. So if that's the case, you may ask, and this is what Rashi is coming to explain, you may ask, then why is a shul and a base medrash different? Just because it says gagecha, why are they excluded? Even if it's not your personal house, we still have to make sure no one falls off. And this is what Rashi is coming to explain, that regarding the Beis HaKnesses and Beis HaMedrash, there is no one to obligate. Who are you going to tell has to make the roof? The obligation of the, making the roof is on the owner of the house. In a case of partners, the obligation is on each one of the partners. But when it comes to the people of the city who built this Beis HaKnesses and Beis HaMedrash, they are not the owners. None of them have a part of the Beis HaKnesses and Beis HaMedrash. It doesn't belong to anyone. Because it belongs equally to people overseas, could equally come inside and use the shul. And therefore, you cannot put on the obligation on anyone to make this mica, to make this guardrail. The Rebbe again preempts something. The Rebbe says, it's not a contradiction to the fact that we do find that regarding certain dinim, the people of the city are considered the owners of the shul. Because the Rebbe says, as far as in our case, the obligation for the mica, it's not really relevant some of these other, in other words, what's relevant over here is not only who, who the shul belongs to in a certain sense, um, that it, whether it belongs to the people of the city and so on, but rather what we're speaking about is, it's, is it their place to live in? And therefore, if it's a shul that every single yid could come in and use exactly in the same way, uh, every yid could go into any shul in the world, as the Ragged Shavar actually says regarding Micah, that it depends on living in it, and the deer of the Beis HaKnesses belongs to everyone. Therefore, there is no one that we could say, you are obligated to make this, because again, this, this equally belongs to everyone else in the world as well. So there's no one that really could claim to be the owner that I have a part in the shul. So now let's go back to the Heichel of the Beis HaMikdash, why that, in that case, it is obligated in the Micah. So what the Rebbe is saying is by the Beis HaMikdash, all Yidin are considered that they have a part in it, like partners. So it seems to me that what the Rebbe is saying is by the shul, what we're saying is yes, there were certain people that built it, but really technically it's going to belong to everyone else, but it doesn't belong to anyone specifically. Here is the other way around. It does belong to everyone. Everyone has their portion in it. And the Rebbe says, first of all, the Mokim HaMikdosh, David HaMelech bought from Aravna Yevusi with the money that he took from all the Shvatim. So too, the Beis HaMikdosh itself is built with the donations of the Tzibur. 
Just like we find by the Yidin, they all participated in donations for the Mishkan. It makes sense that all the Yidin participated also in this fund from which the Beis HaMikdash is going to be built. Or the Bedek is the, the fixing of the things in the Beis HaMikdash. Says the Rebbe, even though we know that when an individual gives a donation to the fund of the Beis HaMikdash, it's going to be in a way that it's now becoming completely the Tzibos, completely the communal funds, not as if it's money that belongs to a few individuals as partners. Nevertheless, it still does not completely remove and nullify the chalik, that portion of the individual. Every individual still has a part in it, still has some sort of ownership in it. The Rebbe says this, it's known, the proof from this, from when Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu turns to Hashem regarding to Koirach and his people, that Moshe Rabbeinu says that you, Hashem, recognize, you know their portion in the carbon, in the carbon sibur, that's a, in the carbon tamid, which is a carbon sibur, don't accept their part in it. In other words, even though it's a carbon tamid, a carbon sibur that belongs to all the Yidin, and yet each person has his own little part in it. And therefore, says the Rebbe, again, the Beis HaMikdash different to a shul, the Beis HaMikdash is considered as if it's a partnership of all Yidin together, we all own a part in the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, since every single Yid has a part in the Beis HaMikdash, I said, and if we said this by a carbon tamid, certainly it's by the Beis HaMikdash, this is why all Yidin together have the obligation to also make this mica, to also make this fence, when they're building the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, says the Rebbe, just like we said by partners before, it doesn't have to be completely yours, only yours. To be obligated in the Micah doesn't have to be completely yours. Even the partners are obligated. Because we need to make sure that no one is going to fall off from the, from the roof. Just going to have a look at a footnote over here, 34, where the Rebbe gives another explanation of the, the chiyuv, of why we need the Micah, why we need this guardrail. Very interesting thing that the Rebbe points out in Ara 34. The Rebbe says... That we have the concept, Hashem does the same mitzvahs that He tells us to do. And therefore, there's a halachic perspective over here as well, because we know the Beis HaMikdash is a dira, it's the house of Hashem. And therefore, Kavayochel Hashem has that obligation to make that maikah, to make that fence around the roof of His dira. And therefore, the Yidin are going to be doing this on behalf, the shlichos of Hashem. Now back into the Sikha. We could still ask another question. The Chiv of Micah is by a base dira, a dwelling place. Because otherwise, if it's not a dwelling place, you actually don't have to make a fence at all. This is another reason why a base HaKnesis and a base HaMedrish are exempt from a Micah, because a Shul is not considered a dwelling place. It's not considered a place where you live. Especially according to the Rambam, that only brings this reason because they're not made for a dira. So the question is, the Heichel is not a base dira. So why would it be Chayiv? It's not a place to live in. So why would you be Chayiv in a Micah? So the Rebbe explains that generally the idea of a dwelling place, a dira, is primarily connected with eating, the place where you eat. We find this by Sukkah. By Sukkah where it says Teshu, you need to live in the Sukkah, similar to the way you live all year round. So we know that the main mitzvah of Yeshiva B'Sukkah is eating in the Sukkah. Says the Rebbe, this is why the Beis HaMikdash can be considered, is, is considered a base dira. Because this is a place, a permanent place, to eat the carbonis, to eat kachim. Now, even though, says the Rebbe, the eating of the kachim is in the Azorah, not in the area called the Heichel, which has this roof and the fence on top of the roof. Nevertheless, the halacha is that in fact you are allowed, and in certain cases you have to, eat the kachim, these carbonis in the Heichel. 
The Rebbe doesn't go into in the Sikh over here, but in certain cases when the Azorah is not available, if there's Goyim taking over or other reasons, then Karbonis have to be eaten in the Hegel. Now the Rebbe says, what about the fact that sometimes someone may eat in the Shul? So the Rebbe says, this is not a question. Even though the halach is that Bishas at Chakim, there's no other choice, a Tamat Chacham, someone sitting and learning, is allowed to eat in a Beis HaKnesses and certainly in a Beis HaMedrish. And still we don't call them a Beis Dira, a dwelling place. They're not going to be Chayiv. Says the Rebbe, because over there, the Heter, the reason why they could be eating over there, and it's and, and the reason why it's not going to have the 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 fence is because the eating that's happening over there or even sleeping is going to be in a completely temporary way. In other words, this is not a place for eating. And therefore, it's not being called a base dira, a dwelling place, to become obligated in the mica, in the, in the fence. Because it's like the concept of a dira sari. It's a temporary place. A temporary place doesn't need a fence, similar to a sukkah, which is called a dira sari. Another example that Rebbe gives to this whole idea of something temporary, we find in Chutz Laaretz, a house... Less than 30 days wouldn't be chayiv in a mezuzah. And therefore, in the shul, when, or in the base medrash, the food is considered arai, and therefore it's going to be exempt. It's not a proper deer, and that's why it's exempt from the mica. Whereas the carbonois, that when you're eating over there, again, in situations where you need to eat, but when it's being eaten, it's actually a mitzvah to eat over there. It's not only you have that, that you're technically eating over there. It becomes a mitzvah to eat there. And therefore the mitzvah itself gives it that chashivus to become, be called a dira. Especially when you, when the carbonus are eaten, the Pasuk says that it has to be l'moshcha, which the Gemara says, which means l'gdula, in other words, eating in a way of greatness, in a way how kings eat, in other words, in a chashiva, important way. And therefore it becomes a very permanent thing. Torah is saying to eat these kachik kachim at least in certain cases, and therefore it is considered a base dira. The Rebbe now moves on to the chassidus of this, of this whole idea. The Rebbe says to explain the difference between the Beis HaKnesses and the Beis HaMikdosh regarding the Schiv of the guardrail, we're going to understand it by first understanding what this mic is, what the guardrail is in Avoid Ruchnis. The inner meaning of Osiso Michael Gagecha making a fence around your roof, someone might fall off, is as follows. Gagecha, your roof, represents a person holding himself high and great, the idea of arrogance, haughtiness. Vasisa Michael Gagecha means you need to put a fence, you need to put a rail, you need a limit and stop that gaiva. So that no one should fall off would mean that Midas Hagaiva is the root of any type of spiritual fall. As it's known that all the bad Midas by a person all start off with his yeshus, with his gaiva, with his arrogance, with his haughtiness, etc. So you need to put that fence that no one should fall off. So here is the general hoirah that the Heichal in the Beis HaMikdash needed to have a Micah. That is, a person may think that when does one need to be careful and have this Micah, it's only if it's a regular, ordinary, mundane house. In other words, Beruchni is what this would mean is, that the Gag, this haughtiness, the arrogance, is concerning regular Gaiva. In other words, something that's completely not connected to Kedusha. But what about if it's the Beis HaMikdash, a place that's completely holy? Then even the roof of the Beis Hamikdash is a holy avoider. In other words, even this holding oneself high is considered great and holy. As it says, there's a concept of holding yourself great in the ways of Hashem. Or as Chazal tells us, that a Talmud Chacham needs to have one of Shmoyna Shemeshminis, means a tiny little bit of measure. You do need to have this idea of keeping yourself high and great. 
So then, if you're involved anyways in Kedusha, why do we still need to make sure to have this mica, to have this guardrail? Is it still important? So here comes the Hayrod, that even the Gag, even the roof of something like the Beis HaMikdosh needs to have this fence. And furthermore, within the Beis HaMikdosh itself, it's on the roof of the Heichol, and also of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that's part of the Heichol. Because even when someone's holding at the greatest and highest level, you still need to be cautioned, and you need to be careful, and you need to be fenced off with a feeling of bitul. On the contrary, says the Rebbe, we know there's a halacha that says, Kalim hanigmorim betaro, which means a vessel, that when it was completed, it was completed in a state of purity. In other words, the person making it and the things, it was completely tohar. So technically this vessel should be completely tar, be able to be used with anything. But if you want to move it now to the next stage, you want to use it with a carbon, you would actually have to toivel it. It so needs tvila to go to Kodesh. Meaning to say that even, in avoid this means, that even if a person is holding by a dargo, that might make him think he's a complete keli, he's ready. And it's, he was made ready betar in the most purest way. What do we say? No, you now need to go and have tvila. The word tvila. It's the same word, letters as bitul. In other words, for Kodesh, you need to have, you Esh now have to go and have this bitul to go to higher levels of Kedusha. And be even more careful when you're dealing with Kedusha. Extra Tara. Now, the Rebbe continues, and the Rebbe says, simply, the idea of the Micah, this rooftop, is primarily not so much for yourself, but it's primarily that nobody else should be falling off your roof. In a similar way, says the Rebbe Beruchnius, this fence that you're making for your roof is primarily not so much only just to be careful yourself not to fall beruchnius, but primarily it's because of an, for another yid. In other words, that your gag, your roof, your gaiva, in other words, shouldn't cause a spiritual downfall by another yid. What does this mean? When one is involved in spreading Yiddishkeit and being makar of yidin to their father in heaven to Hashem, which this is generally the idea of kisivna bayis chodesh, but pnimi yisrael yinal pichsidus. What does it mean to build a new house? That you shouldn't be sufficing only with your avoidu within yourself, but go build a house for Hashem. In other words, go build a full house, a full environment that should be permeated with Yiddishkeit. So when a person is involved in this avoidu, being makar of yidin, building this new house for Yiddishkeit, but if he has gaiva along with it then it's going to be a chisar and it's going to be a problem, not only in his personal avoida, but it could also cause an afila by the other yid, by the person that you're trying to be mashpia on. In other words, when you are mashpia on someone, with dvarim ayoytzim and alev, with words really coming from your heart, without any ulterior motives, then you can be sure that it's coming from your heart, it'll go into the other person's heart and it'll really have an impact. But if a person's words are coming also being mixed in with some form of yeshus and gaiva, his own feelings of self. So not only is it going to disturb, it's going to get in the way of being successful to be mashpia on the other person, to really affect him, to be makar of him. In fact, you could cause exactly the opposite. Your gaiva is, and, you, and your word, in the words, is actually going to be merachik velisen rachman al-itzlan. Furthermore, says the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Ki yipoil mimenu. Chazal tell us, what does it mean, yipoil hanoifel, the one who falls will fall. Chazal tell us, that really if someone falls, it means he was deserving to fall, all the way from the beginning of creation. You caused him to fall now, because, good things happen through good people, 
Meritorious things happen through people who have merits. And negative things happen through guilty people, through people that are not innocent. What does this again mean in Avoider Ruchnis? The person being Makar of the other person could argue the following. He says the fact that the other person is falling, that's not my fault. He deserved to fall. Or maybe he's already a Neufel, maybe he even fell already. In other words, the fact that he is not being the Scarif is his own issue, not mine. The, in other words, like this. This is what the person that's trying to be Makarev might say. He's saying, if the other person would be a decent person, a proper person, not a Neufel, a person that's walking straight, he should be able to take out of my words, be able to see the truth of my words. I'm say, telling him words of Torah. I, I have some sort of yeshus, I have some sort of arrogance. Well, he should be able to ignore that. Similar to what a Gemara, the Gemara says, Gemara says about Rab Meir, etc. He was able to take the inner part of the fruit, of the good parts of the Torah, and anything that was no good, he was able to throw out, like throwing out a peel. So the person being Makarev could be arguing and saying, it's only because that person is already a Neufel. In other words, so that's why, because he's a person that is falling anyways, that's why the words of Yeshus are going to cause him to fall down further. So is that my fault? Is that my problem? Is that why I have to be concerned with my own arrogance? If we're dealing with a person that's anyways a Neufel, so he shouldn't fall down more, it's sort of his problem, not my problem. Says the Rebbe, this is what the Torah is telling us. That we tell this Yid, that not, this, not, not, not taking into consideration the fact that maybe that person is a Neufel already. You still have the obligation to protect your Gog. You have to make sure that from your Gog, from your arrogance, no, this shouldn't cause that anyone should end up falling down, even if the person technically may have fallen, be someone that's falling anyways. You shouldn't be the ones that the Torah has to say that the bad things are happening through bad people. You shouldn't be the one to be causing that the other person should be falling. Says the Rebbe, now the person may be arguing the other way around. If I know that I'm going to be having Yeshus, that he has Yeshus, so why should I get involved in to all of these doubts? Whether I'll be able to be able to make a proper mica fence or not, which is going to make sure that the other person shouldn't fall, maybe I shouldn't be involved at all in building this house, meaning in building a makar of another year, then I'll avoid all problems. And this is why the Pasuk starts off and says it in a way of a bracha. That means you shouldn't be building a new house for Hashem. You should be setting up an environment of Yiddishkeit around yourself, as I said before. You cannot rely on other people. You have to be the one building that new house. For, because every single Yid has his portion in the world that he needs to refine, and he needs to elevate, that you need to bring a Chiddush into, that you need to make, making out of it a place for Hashem. You can't rely on the Avoidah even of people in previous generations, or people other in, in, in your generation. But every person has a personal obligation to build his portion in the world that should be his chiddush, not somebody else's chiddush. You need to make a bayis chiddush. And therefore, when you meet another yid, and that itself is ba'ashgacha protest, and it's a proof that, that the person's bitter, that person being the skarif, is connected to you. So you need to deal with him, you need to get involved with him. Even if the other person is what we called before a noifel, and you might have this gagecha, this roof, which is this gaiva, which may cause that the person should be, should fall. Says Rebbe, is that a reason? Just because you have this yeshus and gaiva, that's why the other person should lose out. What, 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 what needs to be dealt with him? 
In other words, you need to deal with him. You need to fix him up. You need to take care of him. You can't use this as excuses. Go ahead and make him be a makarif, build that house. But at the same time, go ahead, build a fence and limit that yeshus. As the Mishnah says, you're not free to just exempt yourself from it, from being involved in being makar of another yid. The Rebbe tells a story, a sipur chsidim, the Rebbe says, in the name of the Mittel Rebbe. The Mittel Rebbe made a takana that the chsidim that would come to Lubavitch on the way back home need to give over the chsidim, they need a chaz and the sikhs in, in the various different cities and towns where they pass by. So one particular chassid, a young man, a young man, who... Chazet Chassidus very, very well, gave it over very, very well, complained to the Mittel Rebbe that when he's Chazering the Chassidus, he has some sort of feeling of gaiva. And therefore, he wants to stop giving over the Chassidus. So the Mittel Rebbe said to him, Atzibal is all from their veren. Aber Chassidus also Chazer. In other words, even if you turn into an onion, even if there are certain negative things over here, it doesn't matter what's going on. You still need to keep on and give over the Chassidus. Obviously, with the precautions, as we just said of it, you need to try to work on it, as the Rebbe was explaining, he was making this micah. Says the Rebbe, now we can go back and understand the difference between the Beis HaKnesses and the Beis HaMikdosh. The idea of a Beis HaKnesses, a Beis HaMedrish, is Avoidus Atfilo, Limud which is basically the Ruchni, is the Kavoid of the person, inside of himself, working with himself. On the other hand, the Beis HaMikdosh expresses the general avoid of a person, not only is avoid himself, but also, and even more so, the avoid of dira betachtoinim, to make all of Gashmis and the, wor- and the world generally a dira loyizbarich. This is why one of the main avoiders in the Beis HaMikdash is the avoid of the is elevating the physical animal and Gashmis generally to Hashem. This is what the koyanim eat of the carbon, this is what the owner eats of the carbon. So it's all what's called avoidus habirudim, dealing with the world. So too, in a more general way, the Beis HaMikdash is to influence the world. That's why we know that the windows in the Beis HaMikdash were made in a way that they were narrow on the inside, going wider to the outside, spreading the light of the Beis HaMikdash, illuminating the whole world as an edus, that the whole world should know that the Shechina is by the Yidin. So since the main task of, again, so the, the, the Shul in the Beis HaMikdash is more of your personal love. The Beis HaMikdash is about spreading light to the whole world. Says the sins the main point of the mic as we explained is mainly to make sure that if someone shouldn't fall off, and again we said that it's primarily referring to other people falling off your roof, and even really within your own avoida, it means when you're involved in the kind of avoida that's going out of your high up levels and dealing more with elevating the world, sivna bayish chadash as we explained. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand that in the avoida of the Beis Knesses and the Beis Medrish. Where the person is dealing again with his own personal ruchnis, the ka'avoida, he's more removed from the world, therefore there's not that, ne- and there's no reason or there isn't that necessity to have that mica, that fence. But when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, which is coming to deal with the gashmis of the world, and the avoida of ruchnis, that means the avoida, as we said, building a house for Hashem, but making the whole, your whole environment a dira for Hashem. So now we need to be extra careful to have this mica, to have this fence. And says the Rebbe, nevertheless, really the Tachos HaShlemus is specifically the Beis HaMikdash. Because the whole Avoida specifically, doing this Avoida, that's where we bring about the purpose of all of creation. Of Sivna Bayis Chodesh, making a Dirulah Yizborich, B'Tachtoini, making a house for Hashem. And through this, we're Zoycha, the Binyi Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, B'Meheira V'Yameinu Mamash.